Welcome to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Hello, Village, and welcome to part four of Discipline. We're so excited to get the part four going because we feel we've been done this over and over, but we need a lot of parts, ladies, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot to talk about, about discipline, especially at different times and ages. But I'm here with my ladies. I'm Jesus Marie Ramos, and I'm here with my ladies, Kira Kelly. Hey, Village. And Kristen Scroggins. Morning, ladies. We love you, Village. Our village is awesome. We're so excited. But before we dive in with part four, we're going to do a cool recap, right? Well, you know what? Actually, we had a question from the previous episode. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Let's do that. That we want to address before we get into part four of discipline. It went along with probably our elementary age. So we want to address that because we have those faithful listeners out there. We want to definitely make sure that we're answering questions. Yes, Um, ladies, if you have any questions, you can go to our Instagram and send us a DM or an email or comment and and post. But we love your questions and we try to answer all of them. But we thought this one kind of goes with the discipline. So that's why we wanted to address it. So what was the question, Kira? So there's a mom out there who was wondering, how do you implement boundaries with family while trying to discipline your children? Or I think it may be that the family is trying to discipline your children. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's what it is. I... And she said, it's not their job. So yes, mm-hmm. the question is, mm-hmm. how do you implement boundaries with family that are trying to discipline your children? Kristen. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Okay, so some of this has to do with personality. Some of it has to do with culture. You know, Mm -hmm. there's certain whatever that allows, you know, it takes a village, and so yeah. everybody just kind of piles oh, yeah. in. You yeah. can say we're multicultural Spanish people. <laughs> I'm Spanish. They all think they're the ones that gave birth to that kid. So some of that is like, it's not a one-answer question because it depends on what you and your husband, yeah. how you want to proceed. But so, number one, we say this a million times on here, but I'm not going to quit saying it, that mom and dad need to be on the same, same page. page. So mm-hmm. who are we letting into our sphere of discipline with our children? And we do want to be careful to shut down any discipline from anyone else because there are other other people that need to be able to speak into our kids' exactly, lives. Yeah. But if you find that you have a family member that you just feel won't let up and is maybe interfering with some discipline issues that you're trying to deal with, that is something for you and your husband to talk about and get on the same page. Mm-hmm. You know, before we went on air, we said that my huge encouragement to you, mom, would be if it's someone from your family. Mm-hmm then you deal with it in a kind and gracious way. And if it's someone from your husband's side of the family, I know that we're all family. I get that, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. For instance, if it's his mom or his dad, my encouragement would be for you to let him handle that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you both talk about it together and then he's the one that delivers. Yeah. The Yeah, and the you answer. know, for whatever reason, you know, that you wouldn't want to do it differently, but being on the same page is huge and I would tend to say family on family that side is big. I don't know, Kara, what do you think? I wholeheartedly agree because like we said, it does take a village to raise, but when you're in the process of establishing what we've called, you know, in the previous episodes, foundation in your family, mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. your home, Everyone has their own ideas and their thoughts, but 
the good thing that you all can fall back on, moms, is that God gave you those children or that child for you and your husband Mm -hmm. specifically. So there are so many gracious ways that you can ask those very concerned family members to mind their business. (laughs) (laughs) But because you are establishing that foundation in your home, I think that it is crucial and critical that you and your husband nip that in the bud. Probably it's earlier, earlier than later. Yeah. And when you guys are on the same page too, that... It makes it easier. Yeah. It makes it easier. And then also it doesn't trigger other areas. Like it's not going to bring conflict between you and your husband, because if you're not on the same place, you're not going to speak highly of each other. And then that bottle turns into a marriage bottle instead of a child bottle. And you don't want that. We always have a rule in our house. I always speak highly of my husband towards any other of the family, his family and my family. We always speak highly of each other. We never speak negatively. We're always on the same page too. So it doesn't matter who delivers the news. It's a decision that we made together. Yeah, yeah, that's important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there are some times where you do have to step in and just say, hey, mom or hey, dad, I appreciate that you see that area that needs to be addressed in their life. And I agree with you. But maybe they don't know that there's some other bigger fish to fry in that child's life right now. And so you're not majoring on that, not because you don't see it, but because your child can't be disciplined about every Everything. single thing yeah. mm-hmm. at one time because they can't take it. And so sometimes just communicating openly, you know, I think it's interesting because I'm a grandma now. And so I've already told my daughter-in-laws, like, I say no to nothing. You know, like, <laughs> this is your job. I'm the yes girl. And, you know, of course, I don't want my grandchildren to be mean or disrespectful. And we'll figure out how to deal with that once it comes, because it will, because mm-hmm. they're, you know, that it just will. I can't imagine it now. Because <laughs> they're so sure sweet. They <laughs> but... Just that you're honest, but kind. And I know sometimes it's important to set boundaries, but it's also important not to be petty. And so I want us to encourage each other as moms, don't be petty with your family members. Like some things you can just let go. It's not that big of a deal. If you see Aunt May twice a year and she gets onto your child, it's probably not necessary to have a set to. (laughs) Just don't make a big deal about it. But if it's something chronic, I do think it's something that you and your husband need to address for sure. Yeah. So you want to give us a recap, Absolutely. So in episode three of Discipline, we talked a lot and hopefully we were able to give moms out there some tidbits. I know we encourage each other as we're sitting around this table. Just a couple things that we discussed. Open communication when you are disciplining your child. That number one, your husband and yourself need to be on the same page Mm -hmm. about how you will discipline. Remembering what the ultimate goal is in discipline. It's not to control your children's behavior, Mm -hmm. but it is to point them back to their savior and to their need for a savior and be consistent Mm -hmm. when you're disciplining, even when it's not convenient, mom and dad, be consistent And with that, we're going to say timing. You know, when you're disciplining, sometimes, like we said, there is an immediate that you have to nip things in the bud, but maybe saving the instruction for a time when maybe you're less heated or when the environment is set. And And when they're ready to receive it. Yes. And when they're ready to receive it. And one thing I really just want to emphasize that Kristen said is a lot of times she gave instruction at night. When your children are calm, when you're calm, when you've had time to think about it, and Mm -hmm. when they are maybe at a point of receiving what you have to say, and that you also exude this physical touch. You know, it doesn't matter how old your kids get when Mm -hmm. they are a little older, you know, if it's a hug, a snuggle, an arm around their shoulder. But I think that kind of deflates maybe the harshness of what you may have to deliver Mm -hmm. to them. So moms, be consistent 
choose good timing, and always remember that God has chosen us as ambassadors to point our children to Christ. So as we're disciplining, it's not about their behavior, but it is about just their heart and turning them back to the God creator who made them. Mm-hmm. So those are a lot of recaps. So mom, if you haven't listened to part three, you can go back and listen. But now we're going to give you more specific points, especially when they're passing that elementary age. And now we're getting to high schoolers. So Kristen, how can we deal with high schoolers? Yes. Yeah, so because you don't have that many <laughs> high schoolers. <laughs> So let's talk about middle school and high school. And those are two different camps. And Mm. so there's things that apply differently. But, you know, so you have your infants and toddlers who you're training quick, immediate. You have your preschoolers who you're starting to break down, you know, God's purpose and God's design Mm -hmm. in toddler and preschool language. And then your elementary kids, you're starting to give them a little bit of space to begin to think about these things on their own. And the whole time we're parenting, mm-hmm. we're pointing them back to God, back yeah. to their need for a Savior. And that is part of our job as parents is to have a relationship with Jesus, show our kids what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus. And when they stumble and fall, mm-hmm. even use that mm-hmm. to point them back to the Lord. I mean, that is the only thing that we have that is going to be stable in their life and stay the same. I will say, sometimes parents will say, wow, I know you're glad your kids are older now because it's so much easier. And in some ways, it is physically sometimes because, you know, we said when you have a young child, you're on top or yeah. of mm-hmm. them. And so you do have a little more space. And yet, there are new challenges that come with children well, that are to, older. to quote <clears throat> Pastor Jimmy, I remember him saying this in a parent conference one time. Little kids, little problems. Big kids, big problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it is. And you start to feel like now they have a little bit of bandwidth, a little bit of freedom, a little bit of opportunities and a different way to make some choices that mom and dad aren't seeing. And different influences. And different mm-hmm. influences. Mm-hmm. And so instead of being afraid of that, because it's coming, mom and dad, even mm-hmm. if you're rocking a baby right now and you think this will <laughs> never come, it is coming. And so that's why these foundational principles are so important because this time when they're going to be more independent is actually part of God's plan because God planned for them to grow up and be adults and then do all these adult things to His glory. And so this intermediate time, this middle school, high school time is a time for us as parents, even in our discipline, to continue to help them start to see that this is a direct accountability to God. Yeah. You know, and so even the language that we begin to use, this is so much more than mom and dad yeah. at this mm-hmm. point. There's no middlemen here. Right. This is your relationship. And that's where you're really starting to see that start to come to fruition. And I would just encourage, you know, moms and dads, when they have middle schoolers and high schoolers, first of all, in boys especially, brain development is not always stellar at that that age. And so sometimes you want to ask, what were you thinking? Well, you know what I was going to say? You said one time, and Eric uses your quote all the time, you know what Kristen said, don't ask them what they were thinking. Because we have three boys that are all middle school and up and high school. That's my huge encouragement to moms of middle school, especially boys, is do not ask them what they were thinking. They don't know. They were not thinking. That's the whole point. And so that's really important to remember is just not to act shocked when they stumble and fall. Because now with these expanding boundaries Mm -hmm. comes expanding freedom. 
an expanding opportunity for them to rise to the occasion and sometimes the expanding opportunity for them to stumble and fall. But it's my job as mom to be there to scoop them up, to look what we said last time, Mm -hmm. stay in the Mm -hmm. game with them, to show them that, hey, God's plan for you, God has a design and he does not veer from that design. And when you decide you want to go a different way, he doesn't adjust his design. And that is strict and holy and righteous, and He expects us to live this way. And yet, at the same time, when we sin, if we will repent, He lets us recover and pursue that design from where we are. We can't forget to talk to our kids about that. Mm -hmm, And our middle schoolers and high schoolers are completely capable of understanding that that's true. Mm -hmm. And that, in this stage, is what helps take some of the hurt personally that we feel as mom and dad, like in our minds, even though we know not to say it, you're thinking, how could they do Do that? that. We have taught them better. We don't act like that in this house. How could they do that? How could they treat this person like this? How could they look at that Mm -hmm. on the internet? How could they say these things? And yet we know how, because apart from Christ, Mm -hmm. we're all a mess. And so we're pointing out the need for the Savior, even in that we're staying in the game with them. And one of the things, Kira, I'd love for you to talk about this is just talking about how in a middle schooler and a high schooler's life, boy or girl, and if you need me to come back, because I didn't ask you this beforehand, (laughs) but I know you do it, so I know you're good. How how do you help that age in a unique way start to see God's purposes in them? Because, you know, when they're little, we're talking about how we're like, oh, God made you strong Mm -hmm. and special and Mm -hmm. all those things. But what are you saying to your middle school and high schoolers that maybe are a little bit unique in this area of discipline? Well, one of the things as our kids have gotten older is that, and I think we touched on it a bit in the last episode, is that I began to really share parts of my journey with Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, they're old enough to kind of understand, Mm -hmm. and I think they're old enough to really hear what some of my struggles have been when I was in middle school, Mm -hmm. so that they realize that what they're going through is not unique to them. You know, like we said, we're all sinners. Outside of Christ, that's all we are. And because our children have been trained and they've been in the church and they've heard this, you know, just over and over again, now they are, they can kind of put the puzzle pieces together for themselves and they totally understand. I mean, they've been doing the three circles, it seems like forever. And now they're actually seeing how it is implemented in their lives. So we are constantly not only using ourselves and whether it be things that we have struggled with in middle school, high school, but even today that may just be parallel to maybe some of the things that we're going through. You know, I really try to encourage them that nothing, yes, mom was a middle schooler before the internet. So yeah, yeah there are certain things that they are facing that the I did not different have Different battles. To, yeah, certainly different battles. But, but same outcome. But same outcome. So definitely share that with them. And my kids they're very curious. Mm-hmm. You know, when they were little, they looked up to their mom and dad and they thought we did no wrong. You know, and when we had to discipline them, it was because we enjoyed it. But now that they see that we are humans, we sin, we err, I'm constantly apologizing because my kids do recognize mm-hmm. my sin yeah. even more now. You know, I can they hide it a bit. Well, they recognize it and sometimes point it out. Yes, they do. Yeah. yeah, they call me out. So one of the things in our discipline is that we do try to pick timing that is right. And I really try to make it relatable and really nurture them through that what they're going through is not a unique situation. And it is not, as you said, it is not the end of who God has created them to be. 
we do a lot of talking. And like yeah. you said, I try to condense it down yeah. because my boys do have a very short attention span. But if it's something long, I'll break it up. We'll talk for a few minutes. I'll say, hey, we'll address it a little bit later, a little bit more. But I just want to leave you with that nugget. Well, I don't have middle schoolers or high schoolers, but at least something that I see my husband has done and I keep doing it too. He always tells our kids and especially our oldest one that is going to camp for the first time, but I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> um, he always says, even if we make a mistake, doesn't matter what you do, nothing's going to change the fact that I love you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want you to know, I prefer for you to tell me the truth or talk about it or whatever. He's like, but I want you to know, even he's like, give me the worst example. He's like, even if I'm in jail, he's like, even if you're in jail, even if you do something horrible, he's like, no matter what you do, nothing's going to change the fact that I love you. He's like, and that's how God loves us. Yeah. And that's keeping that open communication. That's so important. And going back to pointing it to Christ, because he's like, that's how God loves us. That even when we sin and we don't deserve his love, he still loves us. He's like, that's how much I love you, and that's how much God loves you. Right. And so, you know, we talked about in the last podcast, the elementary, that we're using their sin as an opportunity to point them to the gospel and their Mm -hmm. need for a Savior. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of our children sitting around this table that, you know, represented here has gotten saved and baptized. Mm -hmm. Your Christian Christian Anthony almost just got baptized, and it was such a precious time. And yet now he's going to eventually be middle school and Mm -hmm. high school. Those gospel conversations don't stop. He doesn't have to go back and get saved and baptized again. That (laughs) that was a one-time event. But the gospel is more than just a salvation experience, right? The gospel Mm -hmm. redeems and restores the rest of our life. And so we never stop having these gospel conversations with our kids. And, you know, I think sin and guilt cause us to hide. Yeah. You know, you think of Adam and Eve when they sinned, immediately they noticed they were naked and they Mm -hmm. were ashamed Mm -hmm. and they tried to cover themselves. And God was like, what have you been doing? Even though he knew. (laughs) He can see them. But God God had not even spoken to them about their sin and they felt guilty and were embarrassed and they hid. And so our kids are going to have the tendency to do that. But my job as a mom is to respond in such a way that doesn't cause them to want to yeah. hide Five. further. Mm-hmm. Create a good environment yeah. so they can open they, up. Yeah, their sin and guilt are going to cause them to do that. It's my job as a mom to draw them out of that and get them talking yes. just like God did. And yes, there's going to be consequences, but I'm not tying that sin like as a definable character issue like I read somewhere that somebody said that those sins can be like a lesson in your life. They're not a life sentence. In other words, that's not who you are. And so I'm not not going to just call my middle schooler or high schooler a liar because they've lied to me a few times. That is what they are doing. That may be a besetting sin in their life, but especially if they already know Jesus, hey, he can redeem and restore and he can get us back on track. And so I'm always leaving that open for them, for them. What you said is so important for them to know, I do not care if they are the absolute worst person on the face of the earth. I will be grieved for them, but I am going to be their mom and I'm going to love them and I'm going to stay in the game with them because I know that God is doing that. And as long as they're breathing, Mm -hmm. God can work in their lives if if they will be open to that. And I think that that's really important for them to know. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we don't have a whole lot longer, but can we talk about apologizing to teenagers Hmm. for just a second? (laughs) Can you ladies talk about apologizing? I don't don't mean getting apologies from them, but 
I found myself doing something when they were teenagers that I really had to ask for forgiveness for. And that was the way that I was apologizing because Kira, I don't know about you, but as the stakes get higher, emotions can start to rise Mm -hmm. within mom. And so sometimes I would find myself bantering back and forth with my kids or trying to win an argument or like they're sarcastic with me. So I may be a little bit sarcastic Mm. with them. (laughs) I don't know if anybody else always does that. Kira smiling. (laughs) And so then the sin that we were addressing in the discipline kind of gets lost Lost, in the conversation. I'm I'm the guilt mom. I'm the one that's throwing it. I do this, 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 yeah. and this is how you repay me. I'm confessing right now. <laughs> yeah. Mom village. Right. But with that, Kristen, you and I know better. Mm-hmm. We're still learning. Right. We're still in the game. We're yeah. still being refined That's right. by a very gracious Savior. So I'm finding when I hear myself now, going back to that thought, I want my children's ears to always be open yeah. to what I have to say. And Wait a if, second, I'm typing. <laughs> and if typing I all this. guilt them or if I'm sarcastic, which I am very quick to do, is that going to be that open line of communication in the future? Yeah. yeah. Right. So I'm thinking I don't want to be a stumbling block to my kids yeah. and them hearing the voice of God through the through, scriptures mm-hmm. or through what, how we talk. And sometimes the way I communicate is a stumbling block. And so then I have to apologize. But here's what I was going to say about apologizing to teenagers is that sometimes, you know, the stakes are high. We feel like, man, this issue does need to be addressed. I do need to apologize for the way I addressed it. But I don't want them to forget that what I was addressing was really important. So I want to, what I want to do is... And remind them who's the authority. And mom, this is really unique, I think, to middle school and high school times, because for whatever reason, we start to feel panicked. Like, oh my gosh, the days are getting shorter. I don't know if I've taught them everything they need to know. This is really concerning behavior. And so we start to feel a little bit panicked and our emotions start to rise. And we also think, gosh, if I don't tell them everything in this one conversation, (laughs) I may not have. And that's just silly, right? I mean, we we do still have time. But I need to not ever ask for forgiveness with a but. In other words, Mm -hmm. hey, okay, that sinfulness that we have to address, if I have found myself messing this whole conversation Mm -hmm. up, I just need to take a break and apologize. Hey, Mm -hmm. you know what? We don't, res- this, we don't need to resolve it. This went, mom took this a different direction than I intended it to go. I let my emotions get the best of me. It's out of love and concern for you, but that doesn't matter because I haven't handled it right. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if we table this? Yeah. We're going to go back to mm-hmm. it, but let me have a redo. Can mm-hmm. I have a redo? Yeah. And you know, when they're little, we let them have redos. You're yeah. like, hey, yeah. go back to your room. You got it from your nap a little. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we need redos. Yeah. And I just want to fight the temptation to apologize with a but. Like, in other words, hey, I'm sorry for how I acted, but but you know, you deserved you it. You raised your voice. But you raised you your did vo- this. Yeah. And you have the list. Right. And so, I can't allow my middle school and high schoolers' actions to justify Mm. my inappropriate responses to Mm. it. And so sometimes it's okay. You're going to have them in your house for a little Mm -hmm. bit longer. It's okay to punt Mm -hmm. and ask for a redo. And I do think later, you know, after you've apologized, they've forgiven you. Later you can go back, hey, can we talk about that? That really is something I think we need to address. I'm concerned about it, but let's talk about this in a more respectful way to each other. That's good. That's good. I think that's really important. But so let's talk real quick before we go in this term of discipline about 
their purpose. Like so now you're starting to see, okay, these aren't generalizations. Like now they're middle school, high school, they're able to start serving. They're able to start really putting into practice thinking of others. Our high school kids are starting to think about what do they want to do, you know, with their life. And so I think even tying those things to discipline, in other words, you know, helping them to get back on track with God's purposes in mind. Can we talk about that for a second? Like in high school. So how important do you think that is as a mom? Well, how many high schoolers do I have now? Two. (laughs) (laughs) I had a child that was signing up for kids camp to serve. Mm -hmm. Actually, yesterday. And I asked him, I said, well, are you going to serve this year? And he's like, well, no, because I got this to do. I got this, I got this and this. And I really wanted to say, but you know what? You're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one thing in, when your kids are older, you urge them strongly yeah. and encourage them without just coming right out and saying it. So I try my best. <laughs> I'm trying to use good language mm-hmm. and appropriate language. So I said, well, you know what? I went down the litany of this is about serving. This is about giving back. This is, you know, I went down the whole thing with my sweet is my kids and they do tease. They say my Kristen voice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Kristen voice. No, it's good. You've encouraged me because sometimes I had the Kira voice, <laughs> not the Kristen voice. And I said, you know what? I'm learning. Just leave it there. Let it marinate in them because we've taught them. We've mm-hmm. laid the foundation. Mm-hmm. We've taught them to think of others. This is two days out of your life or whatever. Within a couple hours, he came back and he said, hey, mom, do you mind signing this? So I'm like, okay, what am I signing? And he said, um, I'm going to go to kids camp. I'm going to serve. Mm. I was like, really? I was like, thank you, Lord. And then I had to fight the urge to say, see, I told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you should. Hold, yeah, hold yeah. on the sarcasm, yes. mama. And I said, you know what? I am so <laughs> proud that you've come to that decision on your own and you had a chance to think about it and you are going to allow God to use you because you don't know how you're helping someone else or how you're being a mentor. You just don't know. So yeah, I think as they're getting older, we nudge them in that direction. If you've laid the foundation. You're leading them without being the leader. And you know what? We have to trust moms that the Holy Spirit is going to do his job. We cannot do that. And I think, Kristen, we have kids that we have launched out of our homes. And when they're gone, we have to trust that they were God's first. Yeah, that's and right. God has equipped us to do what we need to do with them and for them while they're under our roofs. And as they're getting older, and like you said, their territory is expanding, we have to trust like no other. I had a mom talking to me recently and just a worrier. And I said, you know what? If I didn't know the Lord, when I, we released our first child, I got to know him even better because I consider myself a hate to say this on air, but a control freak. Like I want to control everything. But moms, what you will find is when your kids are growing, whether it's middle school, high school, college age, you can't control everything. Like you said, Kristen, everything they're listening to, what they're watching, who their friends are, you know, all the influences that we've been able to control up until that point. We get to the point where we cannot control it. So so before we wrapped up, I got to ask. So for all those moms, Kristen and Kira, they have Middle schoolers and high schoolers, because we have this question asked, but I didn't tell you guys, I'm going to put you on the spot. How about dating? Discipline and dating. How do you help your middle school or high schooler in the world dating? How do you work in that discipline area? Hmm. <laughs> is that is that is that? I don't think we have enough time for that. <laughs> well, <laughs> we can talk about it really quickly and then make another episode. But yeah, I think that goes with discipline, right? How do you teach your kids to be disciplined in that area when they're in high school? Well, I'm just going to throw this in really quickly. And Kristen, you definitely are more of an expert in this mm-hmm. area. 
one thing that we, from very young age, we've used the word, I guess, dating or courting. And it really is what we have established in the Kelly household as a preparation for marriage. So it is healthy and we acknowledge it is healthy for young people to acknowledge when they admire someone Mm -hmm. and when they admire certain qualities and traits in the opposite sex, that is healthy. That is normal at middle school and high school. Mm -hmm. Can we agree that that is normal? I mean, you want that. And we've said, yes, that young lady, that young man, da, da, da. But we really have tried to create a culture in our home that dating is really when you're trying to get to know somebody for marriage. We reserve that for marriage. Yeah. And I think this is, we'll have to dive into this more deeply, but I do think management is really important when we think about, you know, areas of sexuality, which mm-hmm. really is part, you know, dating's part of that, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you're helping them learn how to manage their sexuality, whether they are in middle school or high school. And part of that manifests itself with boy-girl relationships mm-hmm. with dating. But really, you're wanting to set up what God's design is for them, that eventually God's design is, you know, if His will is for them to be married, that it's one man and one, one woman, woman for life. life. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't think that a middle schooler is capable of having a dating relationship. They can't drive. They have no money. You know, <laughs> let's just go on and on. Mine don't even have phones in middle school, so it ain't happening. But yeah, I think, you know, we try to point back to God's design like, hey, we are acknowledging the fact that God is waking your body up mm-hmm. and it's part of him making you be a man or making you be a woman, but it's not time yet. And yeah. so you don't want to shut it down and cause them to retreat because they're going to have feelings. They're going to yeah. have thoughts, mm-hmm. but you also don't, nor should you just facilitate every whim that they have because my yeah. goodness, you know, and this goes with discipline yeah. what we're talking about in terms of like keeping the open communication and making sure that the timing and everything, because Things like this, like dating, all this is going to happen. So, that was a but, good one, Jisma. You threw well, that one in. Okay. I, I just remember. I just remember. But don't worry about it, ladies. This is just a tease. Cause I think we'll, it would be interesting to, to we'll, bring the dads in on that one. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, that's coming. That's coming. We'll make one for you about the dating moms. But this has been part four of Discipline. I hope you ladies liked it as much as we do. Please stay tuned because there's more amazing episodes coming soon. And the ladies are going to sign off. Ready? One, two, three. Bye. Bye. Bye.